0: And Welcome back. It's Mile High Magazine. I am Murphy Houston. Hope you are doing well on a beautiful Sunday and staying healthy and wearing your mask and social separation and washing the hands, all the things we need to do to fight the COVID. Joining me again is my new friend, new buddy, I'm going to call him, Dr. Larry Kaplan. Uh, Dr. Kaplan, how are you?
1: Hi Murphy, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm well, doing really well today.
0: Well, I've got to ask you because you and I have talked now a couple of times on Mile High Magazine. I know you have some history with Colorado, but people have asked me, "Who? Who? Where is this Doctor Kaplan? Can I see him in Denver?" So maybe we should explain your background a little bit and how you and I have kind of connected here.
1: Oh sure, pal. So um, Docs, I, I own a company called Docs Health, and we handle healthcare in combination with government agencies. Um, mostly throughout the country, and actually now it's, it's around the world. So, um, so I actually I, I've had a, I had a facility in Colorado um, at Buckley Air Force Base for a number of years, and then some facilities in Brighton and some other locations. Um, I don't I don't have those active anymore. As a matter of fact, I actually just sold my building in Brighton last week. Um, but oh. uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm not I'm not out there currently, although I love the state and uh would probably spend, you know, fifteen or more days a year on Vales Mountain um skiing in the winter and, and uh almost ended up buying a ranch down in the Black Forest.
0: Oh, beautiful I'll area down sure. there,
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. So so long history I've been, you know, with Colorado now since ninety I want to say ninety six, maybe okay. ninety seven.
0: All right, but now you're are in. Are you? In, you're in Houston now, right?
1: No, no, no. We're based. Uh, corporate offices are in Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. Okay, and uh, regional offices in Atlanta, outside of Austin, in uh, New Mexico. Um, I think we're opening one right now in Nevada. Also.
0: Wow, you are out there. And uh, you've been on the COVID trail a long time, talking about it, talking about things we need to do probably since the beginning. And uh, I'm just kind of curious, out here in Colorado, a lot of people coming off fall break now, heading back to school with their kids. What advice are you giving them and the teachers involved there?
1: Well, right now, Colorado's on the upswing, right? Yes, so right. You've got you've got cases on the, on the rise. Um, actually, we have it across the country. And- We've been telling everyone this, that this was going to happen uh, since May. We've been letting people know that there's going to be a second wave. It's going to hit in the fall. Um, colder climates are going to get it first. And uh, and we're starting to begin to experience that. Um, the issue we have right now is that, of course, we have a lot more active virus throughout the country while we're going into this season. So to answer your question directly, the first thing that I would do is encourage as many people as possible to get the, the regular flu vaccine this year. Um, we can't tell clinically whether you have the f- regular flu or whether you have COVID by initial examination. So it's gonna drive up the number of tests that we have to do, which is gonna further stress the system and um, and we need to we want to try and minimize the number of people who catch the regular flu this year. And again, of course, there's no guarantee that the vaccine is going to be a highly effective flu shot. It You know, it varies dramatically. It can be effectiveness for the flu shot can be as little as a 10 percent effective to as much as 70 or so percent effective. So um, but the more people that have that shot. This year, the better it's going to be system wide. So I, that would be a, a big encouragement if I could get people to do that.
0: Well, that's a good one too. And how about wearing the mask? Wouldn't that help slow down the spread of the regular flu, flu as well as the COVID?
1: Absolutely. The the you know the wearing of the mask. Um, I, I really I look. I traveled. Uh, I was on the western part of the country last week. So uh, I flew across the country. It was the first time I would flown commercial since all of this started. And um, everybody on the plane was wearing a mask. But, you know, the entire plane was full. And that's not encouraging. So I wore an N95 mask, which is really the only one that protects me. So people need to know the difference on the mask side. When you're wearing a cloth mask or you're wearing a regular surgical mask that you would see a doctor wear, um, those masks primarily protect people from you. They don't really protect you. The air, when you're inhaling, goes around the mask, not through it. If you're wearing an N95 mask that seals to your face, then you're, you're inhaling through the mask and you're protecting yourself. So... If everyone wore a mask, we would reduce the transmission because people wouldn't, you would be protecting people from you. If you want to be protected, you really need to wear an N95 mask that seals to your face. But we need that because it's the only, you know, between the only things that we know work are maintaining distance between people and yourself, wearing a mask and washing hands and the final thing is, stay home if you don't feel well. Right. Don't, don't go out if you don't feel well. And So it, that's, those are the biggies.
0: And it looks like we're going to be wearing a mask for a while. This isn't going to end when the year ends, is it?
1: No, it won't at all, because we're, by, by year end, we should have vac- some vaccines authorized through an emergency use, use authorization, but they're only going to be authorized for the most vulnerable population, which are going to be the elderly or people with pretty significant pre-existing conditions, and and, and that's where they're going to be directed for distribution initially. So they're going to be in nursing homes and skilled care facilities and um, uh, post-acute care facilities, places like that where people have health have significant health issues but also at the same time are in a confined space and and are and are most vulnerable. So that's what we're probably going to see towards the end of the year. But when that happens, those are going to get issued to them. There's a second dose for most of them that requires 3 to 4 weeks later. Then there's another 2 weeks on top of that or so before they start to get real immunity. So now We're at the end of December, add three plus another two. So now you're into February, right? And you're just sort of getting through that. So just be mindful of the fact that people should not expect to have access to to vaccines for themselves until well past March. Wow. So we are going to be through the thick of this flu season without an effective vaccine available. So people need to know that.
0: Right. And keep wearing the mask. Keep uh, wearing it. With the holidays upon us, by the way, talked with Dr. Larry Kaplan, people are worried about gathering for the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, even trick-or-treating here in a couple of weeks. What are you recommending?
1: Yeah, that's tough. Um, so you need to create your own personal family bubble. And, and you need to be mindful of it. So, like, we would normally... Christmas Eve at my house is a big deal. Yeah. We have 150 people at my house Christmas Eve. Every year. It's a big deal. We're not going to have it this year. It's just not going to happen. We're going to have the close family that we interact with on a regular basis and that are mindful of who they interact with on a regular basis, and we're going to keep it to a smaller gathering. Thanksgiving will be... That same group. So, you know, trick or treating is a little bit different because it depends on where you are and you're outside and how you're handling it. You know, there's a lot of variables associated with how people want to do that. Um, but when you're getting to the holidays, people are going to need to adjust again. And, you know, look, it's no different than how the NFL's had to adjust, the NBA's had to adjust, all of them. So, it's people are, we're still going to be in this. We're not going to be out of this before New Year's. It's just that's, people. people need to be honest with themselves about that. And we're probably looking at another 30 million people being infected between now and then. Oh, wow.
0: That's a big number.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you won't see that on the test result number. The reason you won't see that is because we really only catch about 20 percent of the people in test results, maybe a little less than that, maybe a little more than that. Um, there are a lot of people who were exposed, were asymptomatic, never got tested. We didn't know it. The only way we find out is if other people got infected and we were able to trace it back to them. Wow. So there's a lot of people that don't show in the eight plus million people that have, have tested positive in the, in the U.S. Sure. So So you need to be aware of it. I'm not talking about that eight number turning to 38. I'm talking about that the total number of people infected will go up by another maybe 30 million. So you may see another three to four million, five million in that testing number.
0: Okay. So basically what you're recommending for the holidays, Then I think I've heard this before, stay with family members. You've been around before. You kind of know the background and where they've been, and that might be what you get for the holidays.
1: That's really where you're going to be this year. Um, it's not going to be a broad-based, you know, I'm not going to have 150 people at my no,
0: house. No, no, I'm sorry I never got invited for that. That sounds like a heck of a party.
1: <laughs> you know, Murphy, Murphy, you and I weren't hanging out back then. I, so, guess, you know, I guess not. We, we can maybe, maybe we'll go for next year.
0: Someday, someday we'll do that. Well, let's quickly talk about the NFL. You never know if your team's going to play or not. The
1: COVID's there, the COVID's gone. What's going on with those guys? It's, it goes back to two basic issues. One is compliance, and that is among the players and staff um, at every level Mm -hmm. while they're in the control of the NFL. The second is they don't operate a secondary bubble, and that's going to be their risk on this all the time. So they're not into a situation where they're, they're having any controls once the players and staff, leave the confines of the facilities that are under the control of the NFL. So there's no testing protocols that are running around family members and friends or the people they're interfacing with. There's nobody other than the people I directly interact with, consult with. Um, there's, there aren't people giving direct consultation on how they should be managing their personal affairs and how they're interacting on the outside. Because, so you're always going to have that risk with the NFL through the rest of the season. Um, and as you can see, the teams that manage it better, that do some of those things by themselves, don't have the outbreaks. That's true. And when you don't have the outbreaks, then your regular players play, and you get to practice. Instead of, you know, one practice in two weeks, you get to practice regularly, and it shows in in the uh, play on Sunday.
0: Do you think that if they continue getting these cases collected, you know, the Denver Broncos, they don't ever seem to have a case, and then they played the Patriots last week, and they had to delay that game by two weeks because of all the cases there. Will the NFL shut down the season? They just get tired of trying to adjust
1: all these schedules. I doubt it. um, They are committed to playing, and the players are committed to playing. So I... The country itself is in, is in an increasing um, state of virus spread throughout the country. So I expect that you're going to see it popping up in, in and out of different teams. Um, they may make some adjustments, but there's nothing that I'm seeing that leads me to believe that they're going to shut the season down.
0: So I just have to deal with it. I don't know how they keep up with it, but that's their problem, not ours, unless you get mad you don't see your team when you think you're going to see them, right?
1: Well, yeah, there's. Um, I think people. Yeah, look, they want to play. Yeah. And the league wants them to play. And the, the owners want to play, want them to play. Uh, the players want to play. So there's a motive, and there's obviously an economic incentive for the teams to play. See any changes so. in college football? College, you know, college has always been a tougher, tougher bundle here. Um, Many of the colleges are still not addressing the issues. Right. And um, the concern that I really have is come Thanksgiving, when all of these college students go home, what is that going to do to exposure rates throughout the country? Wow, that's a big question for sure.
0: Well, Dr. Larry Kaplan, always a pleasure to talk to you. I uh, hope you have a great holiday with your family as small as it is. At least you'll have a little something and same for America and we hope you stay healthy.
1: You too, my friend. Be well out there. Um enjoy your uh and your enjoy your bright sunny days when you have them. We do. And and uh and I I'll, I'll I'll wish for a little bit of rain for you guys. I think you could use it, right? Yeah,
0: we can. We got some other issues here besides the COVID out in Colorado, that's for sure.
1: I know, I know.
0: Thank you, Dr. Larry Kaplan. This is Murphy Houston, Mile High Magazine. We'll talk with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health next.